Hey, Reese, Bips, put the game on, man. I'm trying to see what Luca and them boys going to do tonight, man. Mavs outside this podcast. Y'all know what time it is. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of the Mavs Outsiders Podcast. Let me make sure the recording is on. Yes, it is. Uh, <laughs> it is. I had to make sure because I didn't hear this. This session is now being recorded. I didn't hear that. Did you hear it? I, I did. You wouldn't hear it on your end. Okay. Now, I usually do, though. That's crazy. Because I'm the one that records you. <laughs> but no, when I record with Jerron and Derek and I host it and I hit record, I still hear it. You must hear it through their mics, but I never hear it. That's possible. Or maybe that's because it could be my set, the settings on the Mavs. Actually, I have to let them in when they hit the link instead of them just joining. So maybe that has something to do with it. Anyway, that's not the point. We are back, Mavs Outsiders. Uh, another episode. We gave y'all that episode. I believe it was two weeks ago at this point. Something like that. Something like that. Something like two weeks ago. Uh Uh, how's the good things in life treating you? First of all, hold on. We're a little rusty. For the people that's new here, because <laughs> we can't just expect everybody to be returning listeners. For the people okay. that's new here, I'm one half of your host, Maurice Williams, aka <laughs> Reese, MFR25 on Twitter. Joined as always by my brother, Michael Bibbins, aka Bibbs, at Bibbs Corner on Twitter, or X if you're nasty. Now, before we get into the full housekeeping, like I asked before, how's the good things in life treat? Um, <clears throat> I can't complain too much. Um, the fact that I work from home has allowed me to not be in my state for a month and a half mm-hmm. and not really miss a lot of work. Um, I thought that I was going to be in trouble because <laughs> I have not been doing as much as usual. But then my boss called me the other day and said they were looking at giving me or my name came up when they were looking to fill a position somewhere. So they must be somewhat pleased with what I got going on, um, which is comforting. Uh, Good family, you know, good people around me, Um, people looking out, people doing things that I didn't expect to try to look out and try to be helpful through all this. So that's that's been a positive and. You know, being able to still be able to communicate with with mass fans and stuff like that, even in small doses, is it's helpful. So uh, I can't complain about about too much that I got going on right now. What about you? Uh life is life. You know, uh, um, work is you know work is cool. Relationship is going well. Relationship is thriving. Um, overall, life is good. I'm still able to do things that I enjoy doing. I'm still able to go out and go to the movies. I'm still able to stay home and, and, and relax. I know there's people that's not able to do those things, so I'm grateful. Uh, outside of that, not much has changed. You know, same old, same old. Still got to watch this fucking team. But hey, they, they, they've been making me happy for the most part outside of today. Uh, they've been making me happy for the most part. So there's that. Mass Twitter, not so much. Um, <coughs> Could do without that, but you know, it, you take the good with the bad. Um, are you a fan of 
Avatar The Last Airbender? I am not. Okay. Um, I have been watching the discourse. I feel like we've been back and forth between whether they hate or like uh, the series mm-hmm. on Netflix. Uh, I saw, I think, something that you did like. You did like two castings, I think I saw. And, but then I saw like a clip of like one scene where Aang was flying or something, and people say he didn't have whatever his little glider or something. And then I saw people were mad. There's a, a misogynist storyline that they took out. So people were upset about that. It's a lot of nitpicking. Um, I've finished the series, and I have to say, as a fan of the original, I like it. Okay. It's not great. Um, it's not great, but I, for what it is, and I'm not, I didn't go into it like, oh, I'm comparing it to the animated version. I didn't want to do that. I got tired of doing that with stuff. I don't think we should do that with stuff with things, especially live action and animated. It's right. just out of comparison. So, um, I liked it. Um, obviously th- there was some things I didn't like. Uh, there was some things I did like. It's not great, but it's not terrible either, uh, in my opinion. Um, I'm excited for season two, to be quite honest. I, I would like to see what they continue to do with the story. Um, I think considering this season covered season one of Avatar and season one of Avatar, the animated show was like 20 episodes and this one was like eight. Okay. But that show was 22 minutes. This is like an hour. These are hour long episodes. So not enough time to cover. Yeah, they're they're able to cover season one, but they're just cutting out some filler stuff, like side episodes and stuff, which I mean, which is fine with with a series like this that's trying to take it more serious. Um, But I like it. I understand some people aren't. Uh, That's that's just going to happen when you take a beloved uh, source material and you translate it uh, to live action. So it is what it is. I was able to go out and see two movies this in the last week. Okay. Um, Bob Marley, One Love. Okay. And then Lisa Frankenstein. Hmm. I enjoyed both. Okay. Um, <clears throat> Bob Marley, One Love was a different t- type of biopic. I didn't know how they were going to approach it going in, but it's not like a, they're covering his life story thing. It's not like a oh this is Bob Marley from the beginning and into his rise. No, the movie goes in. He's already the biggest thing in Jamaica. He's already famous. He's already signed. It's taking place when um he perform. I don't want to spoil it. Well, I don't want to spoil other stuff. This is not a spoiler. Where he's performing like his piece uh concert level. I don't. I didn't know much about Bob Marley going in. To be quite honest, this was new to me. Um, <clears throat> but it was good. It was good. Um, I think Kingsley Benedict did a fantastic job as Bob Marley. Um, I think Lashana Lynch did a fantastic job as Rita Marley, his wife. I will say for like the first 25 to 30 minutes, I needed subtitles, but my ears adjusted. Um, <laughs> accents was crazy. Obviously, <laughs> but the accents was fucking crazy. Um, the the the, on, the one thing that bothered me was like there's scenes where Kingsley Benadire is is performing as Bob Marley at concerts. Okay, it's obviously eighty yard Bob Marley over a, 
over like Kingsley Benedict's performance as opposed to the Elvis movie where like Austin Butler was performing. Now there's scenes where Kingsley Benedict is singing, just not in the concerts, which I mean, it's a nitpick. It's not a big thing. Um, what other parts? Uh, I, I'm trying to figure a way to say these things without spoiling it. There, I feel like somewhere in the middle it loses the plot. <clears throat> I thought the movie was going one direction. I thought it was supposed to be focusing on one thing. It then it seems to focus on another. Okay. And then goes back to that one thing. Maybe I wasn't paying attention enough. Nah, fuck that I was, because it's not a long movie. So <laughs> I was 45 minutes. I know what I was watching. It focused on one thing, then it went to another, then it went to something else. And I think they tried to treat it as this thing in the middle is how do I put this? Did it like shift story? Not necessarily a shift, but a through point to the end of the original plot, which I didn't see it as, to be quite honest. It didn't feel like that. And it, and it just felt forced at the end. But uh, I did enjoy it. it. It was really good. Um, Lisa Frankenstein, I really, really enjoyed, though. Have you heard of this movie? Heard of it. Have no idea what it's about. Okay. Um, stars Catherine Newton, uh, who was in Quantumania, the daughter in Quantumania. Uh, Cole, I thought that's what it was. And, yeah. Cole Sprouse. Okay. Um, and it's directed by Zelda Williams, who was Robin Williams. Comedy. Huh? It was a comedy. Horror comedy, basically. Yeah. Um, directed by Diablo Cody, uh, who I believe directed Jennifer's Body. Um okay. hmm, how do I put this? I mean, Frankenstein's in the goddamn title, so uh Sabata Girl who's living with her father, a stepmother, and her stepdaughter, and I mean, her stepsister. <laughs> and uh, obviously, she's a bit of a loner as it used. It takes place in the 80s, the late 80s. Um, obviously, she's a bit of a loner. They usually always are. She's a bit on the darker side, and she spends a lot of time at, like, a cemetery. And she eventually makes a wish that one of these not dead bodies because she's not spending time with the dead body, but she's spending time with the damn headstone of uh, the grave. Uh, which she wishes I could be with you. When she said that, she meant in the ground. What? She didn't mean for the motherfucker to come to life. <clears throat> so due to a stormy night and some electricity, he comes to life. They start spending time together and things take a dark turn. It's not a horror horror film. It's more comedy than horror. It's a bit on the campy side. But they do it so well. And the comedy is fucking hilarious. Like there's moments where it's like genuine laugh out loud comedy there's a line in like the first 10 minutes that made me laugh out loud and granted it was only four of us in the theater but we were all laughing <laughs> um two actually two scenes and they're from the same person 
um, her stepsister, who was my favorite character in in the film. And I would like to get into her, but again, no spoilers. You know who the actress is? I do not. I've never seen her in anything. Um, let me look up her name. Maybe you've seen it in something. Uh, let's see. Um, where's the cast? Where's the cast? Here it is. Liza Soberano. Lisa or Liza Soberano? Never heard any. Let me see what she was in. 26 <laughs> years old. Movies and TV shows. Um, I've never heard of any of this shit. The fuck it. Yeah, I've never heard of any of this. Yeah, I don't think you've heard of any of this either. They all like some some romantic shit. Is she spent? Hold on. Spanish, yeah. Filipino. Hold on. A lot of these look actually like Spanish. Oh, Spanish movies. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I definitely ain't seen her in them. Cute girl, though. But I think, um, I think Catherine Newton, fit horror comedy is where she should stay. Yeah, this this is her style. She fit this perfectly. This is her style. Um, but uh, again, the the late the young lady I just told you about was definitely the standout in this. But they treat a lot of the it's you expect things to go a cliche way with a lot of the characters, especially since the step family is involved. But it doesn't. Um, but it's fun and it's not a long movie. It's like an hour and forty five minutes. Thank God, like that the two movies I saw in the last week were not long as fuck unnecessarily, especially a biopic, which you expect to be pretty long. But uh, Lisa Frankenstein has been out for a couple weeks now, so I'm not sure how much longer it's going to be out. But if you're listening to this and you're interested in a horror comedy type of thing, definitely go see it. It's 100% worth it. Uh, I'll add, like, if you like Catherine Newton and you haven't seen Freaky, uh, go watch Freaky. With Vince Vaughn. My girlfriend was watching that when I uh when I came home from that cruise. Okay. She, she was already at my house waiting for me and she was watching it and I was like, turn the shit off. Like what? I'm I'm trying to go to sleep. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what? And, um, and I don't think she ever finished it. Okay. Let's see. I'm trying to think. <clears throat> I was looking at my list. I watched Upgraded. Um, I, I didn't mention I watched Rye Lane. Upgraded is an older movie, right? Yeah, it's that's a new one. It's an Amazon Prime movie. Oh, okay. Uh, let's see. Watch Rebel Moon Part 1. I was trying to see what I watched recently that maybe I haven't thought about. Rebel Moon Part 1 on Netflix was good. Oh, you um, liked it? I heard a lot of people didn't like it. I actually messed with it. I'm looking forward to the second one. Uh, Rye Lane is like a Romance movie on Hulu. Black it's a black British romance movie. Um I had been hearing it all year. Actually, so before I met my girl, uh, I went on another date and we ended up back at the girl place. And she told me to pick a movie and I was trying to be on a romance tip. So I was I had suggested this particular movie. 
and she wasn't feeling it, so we turned it off. But watched it with the fiance, and it's it's actually really dope. Like they do a lot of stuff with like colors. There's a lot of good comedy. Like it's exaggerated stuff, but it's real at the same time. Like it's it felt like one of the character, the main character, the guy that's the main character. He in the beginning of the movie, he's crying in the bathroom. And the girl like sees his shoes under the stalls. It's like at an art exhibit or something that their their mutual friend is having. And then he comes out and she sees the shoes when he's out. And she like walks up to him, like, hey, you okay? And he's like, Yeah, well, well why wouldn't I be okay? Type of thing. And they start up a conversation or whatever. But long story short, his his best friend had been sleeping with his girl and he had just found out. And so then he's like, I'm going to go meet with them for some reason. And the girl pops up and like pretends to be his girlfriend and like he ain't sweating you type of thing. And it like pops off from there of them like kind of spending the day together and, you know, a feeling starting to grow and evolve. And then something happens to mess them up and blah, blah, blah. Like it's a almost typical romantic comedy, but it is black. Like there's uh, a lot of black themes that you wouldn't get from a typical romantic comedy. And uh, they do a lot of artistic stuff with like colors and uh, stuff happening in the background that you got to pay attention to. So I thought it was really good. I tell you, <clears throat> I got my ticket for Thursday night. This Thursday? During part two. Did you even mess with the first one? I didn't. We I think neither of us did. Huh? I, think you said you I think you said you rewatched it, didn't you? No, I said I'm going to rewatch it. Okay. I'm going to rewatch it this week. Uh, but I put out the tweet early. I finally I finally voiced my opinions about it on, on the timeline. And I was like, I know this going to get some backlash. But I was like, look, I've been holding this in. I feel like y'all lying about doing Like, shit was born. <laughs> I was born, man. I'm sorry. Um, but there, there was a guy who who I respect on, on YouTube and he didn't do a review. He just did like an out of, well, he did a review. I haven't watched a review. He did an out of the theater reaction. He was like, this movie's perfect. And I'm like, all right, man, y'all gassing this shit up. Like, <laughs> hey, y'all go gassing the shit up. If I go see this shit and it ain't a 10 out of 10, it's going to be a fucking problem. But the first part was mid as fuck. Um, it is fuck. Nothing. You know, two hours and 40 minutes. And nothing no. happened. Not at all. <laughs> Nothing memorable happened. I remember. I remember a couple things, but like it didn't. I wasn't like, "Oh my god!" I ain't never it was seen just like this before. Like that's what I expected. It was just like, "Oh yeah, that scene happened." Right. And, and then the it movie just ended. Yeah, then the movie ended. Then then we finally meet Zendaya, and then the movie is over. I was like, "What the fuck?" We get to a part that's interesting, right? And it ends. And I saw Jomi uh, was on the timeline talking about. I just rewatched it. Oh, that's why. I, that's who rewatched it. Jomi uh, from um, the Midnight. I saw that movie. tweet, and he was like, "Y'all keep telling me it's half a movie. I just rewatched it, and y'all are lying. No, nigga, it's half a movie. It's you, a just because you know, just because you know a lot." He said it beat the half a movie allegations, and somebody replied and said, "Did it beat the boring allegations?" I replied to that tweet and said, "No." <laughs> I ain't even rewatched it. I'll tell you right now. I feel like it's one of those things where if you were like tapped into the source material, then the little things that were happening were like exciting to see. 
in that way. But if you are me and you don't know shit, this shit was boring. Shit was good. It was basic as fuck. Nothing stood out for me. Not a damn thing. Besides yeah, that, that, I still that, think like, Timothy like, Chalamet is overrated. And Timothy Chalamet can't act. <laughs> God damn, this, he cannot act. I I ain't gonna say he can't act. Man, he's but, boring as fuck. I'm just saying he overrated. They acting like this kid is a new star. I'm like, man, American Tom Holland is bullshit. Get me some British nigga. Mm. <laughs> Literally, British niggas. <laughs> they killing the game. They are killing it. Come on, man. It's crazy. Oh, oh man. Um, <sighs> we we. I mean, oh, okay, upgraded. Let me get this out of the way. Camila Mendez, uh, Marissa Tomei. Uh, it's, it's a romance type thing too, drama, romance drama, and but it doesn't. It hits a lot of. It doesn't hit a lot of stereotypical beats. It's not as predictable as I thought it would be. I enjoyed it. I'm not gonna sit here and say, "Oh, go watch it." But if you were thinking about it, if you're a fan of Marissa Tomei or Camila Mendez, check it out. I, Camila Mendez, she hasn't she hasn't popped for me as like a oh, this is somebody I care to see all the time. But when I see her in a movie, I usually expect to have a little bit of fun with it. Shout out to Camila Mendez, man, because I I like those kids <laughs> who played. I'm calling them kids; they're adults. I like those <laughs> actors who played on Riverdale. They're good, but they were just on Riverdale, so it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I, I want to see them do things outside of of Riverdale. Gotcha. Thank God that ended. Um, I shout out some shows real quick if you don't mind. Go ahead. Then binge in the rookie. Um, is that the Angela Bassett show? No, I think Angela Bassett's nine one one. The rookie is Nathan Fillion. Yes, yes, yes. So surprisingly, have enjoyed that more than I expected. It's one of them things where it's like he's a LA, they're LAPD, but then every now and then they turn into special ops. And like they went to Guatemala, and I was like, how the hell the LAPD in Guatemala? Like, what the hell is going on? That's like in Rush Hour when Chris Tucker was in Japan saying LAPD. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but, but anyway, it's, it's, it's a fun show. And, um, I'm on season five now. The new season, season six, just started. Uh, Fire Country, another show. It's just season two just started. A Fire Country, and uh, the main character is um, the older brother from Bates Motel, which I haven't seen him in anything. No, I've never seen Bates Motel. Okay, well, he was the older brother in Bates Motel. I haven't seen him in stuff. He looks like old buddy Charlie Hunnam. In this show, like every time I see the picture, I I, I start singing the something anarchy theme song. But basically, he's been in he's in prison, and he got assigned to this like uh, special duty where they can like fight fires as prisoners and like get some time off their sentence. But he gets sent back to his hometown where there's a whole bunch of drama in the hometown, and like he left under bad circumstances. He got a bad relationship with his mom and his dad, and uh, his best friend has like taken over his role in the family type of thing. And <clears throat> it's a whole, it's a lot of like drama on the side, but it's like fun too. Like they have a lot of fire stuff. Um, I don't want to say too much without giving it away, but that's, that's the fire country is a dope show. Um, and I can't, every time I see him, I think about Charlie Hunnam and Sands on Sunday Anarchy. So it's, it's funny to me. What else am I been watching? I started watching a show called Will Trent. Um, 
it's another cop show, but he's like one of them investigators that's smarter than everybody type of thing. Also funny. And his the his boss is the lady from The Wire, the black chick from The Wire, uh, Kima. Is the boss, like she's the chief or the captain or whatever. I've seen a preview for that. I can't remember what happened. Yeah, so that was good. And so this is how I'm keeping myself distracted is watching all these shows for the most part. I need to dive into some TV, man. I, I was on Hulu a few days ago and I was like, I should finally watch Abbott Elementary, but my I got distracted by something else and I and I didn't do it. I, oh, Abbott Elementary season three is here and I'm enjoying that too. Okay. Sabrina Briarchick made her debut the other day. Oh, that's the, the social media chick. Yeah. 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 She made her debut the other day. I don't, they made it sound like it might be a one episode type of thing, but I figured it would be. They keep cycling in social media people, and that's dope to me. That's cool, since Quinta came from social media. That's cool. Shall we get into these maps now? Oh, shit, it's a maps podcast. Yeah, it's yeah. a maps podcast. Shall oh. we get into these maps now? Um, it, it's not like we dreading talking about them, because, you know, it, it's been a good past few weeks. Pre-All-Star break, you know, now we're in post-All-Star break. But uh, it's been pretty good for the Mavs. If you notice on my notes that I sent you, I said Mavs win streak. And I had to go in and put parentheses and change before the loss. Uh, so should we talk about the loss first? Let's go ahead and get that out of the way. Yeah, let's go ahead and get that out of the way. Uh, the day is Sunday, February 25th, and the Dallas Mavericks lost to the Indiana Pacers 133-111. to Ugh. Ugh, nasty. Uh, breaking the Dallas Mavericks win streak. Uh, for the most part, there were times in this game where it was really close, and I'm watching them like, man, we are so close. For a while, it was a gap. It always felt like a ten point gap, but once we bought it close, it was almost like putting two fucking magnets together, and you just you you can't. And it's like the force is just keeping them apart. That's what the score felt like. That's what the Pacers lead felt like when they got it. Uh, I believe it was in the second half in like the third quarter. I hate Dr. Reesington. Dr. Reesington is crazy. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, let's run through the box score. P.J. Washington, 31 minutes. Uh, one for six from the field, six rebounds, two points. Derek Lively only played 14 minutes. There's a reason for that. Uh, three rebounds, four points. Kyrie Irving, 32 minutes, 10 of 22, 3 of 7 from 3, 29.6 rebounds. Luka Doncic, 33 minutes, 10 of 21 from the field, 4 of 8 from 3, 6 rebounds, 6 assists, 33 points. Josh Green, 32 minutes, 6 of 8 from the field, 2 for 2 for 3 from 3, 5 rebounds, 14 points. Um, notable points off I mean notable stats off the bench Daniel Gafford with eight points five rebounds and uh Jaden Hardy came in in garbage time and scored seven minutes but that's I mean scored seven minutes <laughs> <laughs> I mean however many minutes he got it probably felt like he scored him scored seven minutes is crazy um most of his minutes in garbage time and scored seven points uh Tim put up 11 points off the bench whatever Shot four for 12. 
Uh, we'll get to him. Um, <clears throat> I'm not too upset with this game. I feel like we could have taken this game. Obviously, there were things we could have done better, but, I mean, all good things must come to an end. Uh, it's not like this is a team that we shouldn't be losing to. The Pacers are a good team. They're a great offense, number one offense in the league. Um, how did you feel about the game? Um, Playing the Pacers, and like watching teams play the Pacers is always the same story. Are you going to let them get their game off? And are you going to let them control the tempo? Or are you going to let them control what you do? And Jason Kidd can't coach. So that is what occurred. Um, <clears throat> I don't know what the strategy was for Miles Turner. What did he end up having? Uh, good question. Miles Turner ended up having <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> <laughs> 33 points, 10 for 15 from the field. And he could have had more than that. He could have. I think he had 30 sometimes at some point in the third quarter if I wouldn't. If I'm not yeah, there. I mentioned Derek Lively only playing 14 minutes, and I said there's a reason for that because it feels like every single time I watched him on the court, Miles Turner was wide open. I, it was just a bad matchup for Derek Lively. And there were moments where he was wide open on, on the court with Gafford as well. I, I don't want to just harp on Lively. It was just, yeah, Miles Turner was cooking. Yeah, he was getting and, open jump shots. Right. And it was, there were stretches of the game where it's like, you can't blame us. Like, we played good defense, but they were hitting mid middies. And that's where I started to feel like we weren't going to win the game. Because, um, like you said, there were a lot of open threes. In this game, it was Rick Carlisle is a good coach. Uh, yes, I very adamantly wanted him gone. I still stand by that decision, but he is a good coach at the yeah. end of the day. And he exploited whatever weaknesses were on the court every time. Whatever lineup was out there, he told his team, do this. Uh, go at this person. Get a switch on this person. And they pretty much, for the most part, executed on that mission. Um, Daniel Gafford and Lively, Lively especially, not doing much on the perimeter. Gafford would try, but he would be reluctant to, and he would sag off, and it would cause the same problems where they're getting these wide-open threes. And for whatever reason, you know, we have the personnel to go small. Uh, I personally am not a person that likes letting the opponent dictate mm -hmm. uh, um, what you do, but there are stretches of the game where you do have to play into that, and we could have gone. I don't know how many maxi P.J. Washington minutes we played, and this is the type of team that you would do that against, where you want to be able to switch all five just to, to slow down whatever they're doing, getting their wide-open looks. Um, the the biggest problem I saw, though, was Tim Hardaway Jr. He just doesn't fit anymore. He does not fit. Like I watch this team, offense and defense, and I see things mostly for, especially offense, things are flowing. The ball is moving, hopping, skipping. But then Tim Hardaway Jr. gets it and – Bad things usually occur. And bad things, stops. When I say bad things, I don't just mean misses. Even when he makes it, it's not good. It's like out of the rhythm of the game. It's Tim Hardaway Jr. being Tim Hardaway Jr. It's like, all right, Tim got the ball. Who knows what's going to happen? Oh, he's going to shoot. I can tell when he gets the ball if he's going to shoot or not. There was one time he brought the ball up the court. I was like, damn, he about to shoot this. And sure enough, he pulled up and shot a three. He hit it. But that's that's a dumb play. Like he, anytime he's on the court, good basketball is out the window. That's how I feel. 
it's torturing watching him at times. Because, like, every time he touches the ball, your heart goes into your stomach because you're like, what the fuck is he about? There was a time, I believe it was in the third quarter, where he had the ball and he's just dribbling. And I'm like, bro, Kyrie's right there. Get a ball to Kyrie. Please get a ball to Kyrie. Don't shoot the ball. Don't shoot the ball. He gave the ball to Kyrie. Thank God. <clears throat> it did not result in the basket, but as long as Tim didn't put the shot up. Right. It's just like there will be ball movement and it will get to Tim and it'll stop. There's an offensive rebound. Yeah. You kick it out. It gets to Tim. The ball stops. He's not really looking for anybody else immediately. I hate when the shot clock is coming down and it's in Tim's hands because he's not going to look for anybody else. He's taking the shot. It's like the only thing this motherfucker knows how to do is take a fucking shot. He's like an alcoholic. <laughs> only thing he knows how to do is take a shot. And I don't know how <clears throat> he's regressing backwards as we get more talent. Because at the beginning of the season, we was like, damn, Tim can look like he, he can go for six man of the year. Damn, you know, Tim, Tim is valuable. We could either keep him or, or move him for a good piece. And after a while, that calmed down a bit, as it usually does when things happen in the beginning of the season. But after a while, he continued to stay steady as a hand off the bench until the team really started coming together and everybody started playing well. And we added Gafford and PJ. PJ did not score pretty much at fucking all tonight. But there's not. Huh? Yeah, we definitely got to talk about that in a minute. We got to talk about that. But I, that was something I mentioned when we first got them, when we lasted the pod. I was like, hey, you got, there's going to be games like this where he's not scoring, but he's contributing in other ways. Um, But PJ is a guy who can give us like 12 to 15 points some nights. <clears throat> it hasn't been as consistently as we'd like probably. But He's still valuable to the team. I don't know how we add talent and this motherfucker is producing less. Like you would feels think like he's opening it up for you more. It feels like he's pressing. Like, and it's not because he's not getting the minutes. He's getting minutes. That's the problem, in my opinion. He needs to be used as a spark plug. As a we need a we need a, a points infusion. We need somebody that's willing to throw the ball up. We don't need that anymore. And that's where why he feels so off. He feels so clunky. But in his mind, he's forcing the ball up because he's been told he's supposed to be the sixth man of the year. I got to get these buckets. And by any means, it's not I got to wait for the shot to come to me. No, I got to go get these shots is how he's approaching it. And it's again, it stands out like a sore thumb. Like I can watch the game and let's say, you know, I'm watching like a pixelated view of the game. I know who Tim Hardaway Jr. is. Like take away the faces, the numbers, everything. And it's just like blank figurines out there and like just from the flow of the game i know when tim has the ball because the ball doesn't move when it's supposed to it doesn't hop it doesn't bounce it doesn't skip oh, like it, it moves. Doesn't. all right it moves towards the rim it moves towards the fucking rim you know exactly what it's and then there was like one time he had like a weird pass that i don't know what the hell the pass was it's just he doesn't make good decisions he's a terrible decision maker and it's like you put a I bunch of the Luca that resulted in a turnover because it went to the other yeah. side of the yeah. It was a bad. It was like he tried to bounce bounce pass across the the free throw line and it did not did not work. Um, yeah, just Tim. We we have, we're stuck with him through the rest of the year, and I don't know what that's going to look like. I don't trust Jason Kidd to bring his minutes down. Although Exum is coming back allegedly in the next game, and we'll see if. 
who loses minutes to Dante Axel? It would be nice if it was Tim, in my opinion. It would be fantastic if it was Tim, but we also have to see what Dante Axel looks like when he comes back. True. Uh, I would like for now for, for Tim to split some minutes with Jaden Hardy. Like, obviously, Jaden Hardy ain't going to give us 15 points, but goddamn, like, we might as well let the young guy get some burn if this is what the fuck we going to get from Tim Hardaway, to, to be quite honest. Yeah. Um, but he, I, look, when the trade deadline happened, I was like, all right, we kept him. That's cool. I, I think he's in a good position now. No, he's not. Get rid of this motherfucker in the offseason for the last <laughs> Please get rid of him in the offseason. I'm mad as hell. We got to keep this motherfucker through the season. <clears throat> and I don't give a damn what clutch shot he decides to hit in game six or whatever. Or whatever series. I need him off the team. I ain't changing my mind about him. I, I'm set. Smoke got to go. Got to go. He got to go. No. Send him to a defender. Can't cry. Just send him, send him out of here. Um. Not now that we got that out the way. Any more? Any other thoughts on the game before we? Before we? Yeah, talk? I did want to talk about PJ in this game specifically. Okay. Um, I think I mentioned I mentioned this on Twitter. I don't think I mentioned it on the pie. I might have. I don't remember. But Daniel Gaffer's job is easy. He should be easy to integrate for the most part. Uh, defense is always tricky because there's a lot of communication, a lot of chemistry that has to be one when it comes to commu- uh, just making switches and or deciding when not to switch and him being able to trust coming out to the perimeter and not needing to be sag off in the paint all the time. Those type of things will come with time, but for the most part, his job is easy. P.J. Washington's job is more difficult, not on defense, but on offense as far as uh, not just being a catch-and-shoot guy. Uh, being able to put it on the floor, trusting when he's supposed to do that, uh, trust knowing when his teammates are going to cut, knowing when guys are going to be waiting for the ball on the perimeter. Like it takes a while for him to, to for players to get comfortable in that sense when they're having to make decisions offensively on a new team. Um, and tonight, what I saw was he struggled early, and then he was in his head because he's still trying to sh- impress the guys that he's playing with. Mm-hmm. And he's just thinking too much. It's not his instincts are not and are not taking over many a few of the turnovers i saw late in the game a few of the times he pumped fake put it on the floor and started driving like there was one play he drove got in the lane made a move and then he tried to like he tried to guide the ball into the hoop it wasn't a natural jump trust my muscle memory it was let me aim this thing Ooh. daniel gaffer got to put back dunk in that particular situation but i'm, I'm just watching his body his mannerisms the way he's approaching the game and i can see that he's he's in his head a lot because he's again he's on a new team trying to impress his teammates, his coaches, and he's overthinking it because he started off cold. I uh, I don't think he'll be comfortable fully in the offense until sometime next year. I mean that's expected. It's hard to just come into, especially when you've been on a losing team all your career. Um, coming to a team that's expected to be winning and is winning, and now you're on a win streak and you feel like, man, I want to contribute more. Man, I, I can't fuck up out here. I'm starting now and everything, and it's like. You have to take your time with it. Coming into a team midway through the season, a team that's fighting for a playoff spot, that could be a lot of pressure. But just use what brought you to the dance. They went and got you for a reason. You don't have to do anything different than you've been doing. 
and it's probably going to be easier for you to do it now. So I believe he is in his own head, but uh, I think closer to the playoffs, he'll start adjusting more, being a little bit more comfortable, and we'll start seeing more from him. Uh, but I don't, I don't expect him to be fully comfortable until next season, like you said, when he has an off season with the team, when he's in training camp and preseason and stuff. So, you know, not putting too much pressure on him right now. And honestly, I don't see many fans on on Mavs Twitter doing it either. So that makes me proud, actually. Yeah, I see some uh, Hornets fans doing what Mavs fans want to do with Grant Williams, but other than that. Y'all can enjoy Grant Williams and be fighting for the third overall fucking pick. Who cares? (laughs) Fucking cares. Um, I don't, at this point, I don't really see a need to go through the whole Mavs win streak after after we just talked about it. No, it was nice to see, but. Yeah, it was nice to see. Um, But since we were already on the topic of PJ Washington, uh, we could talk about Daniel Gafford as well. Let's talk about the new additions. Uh, last podcast we did, we had just made the trades for PJ and Daniel. Uh, we were pretty excited about it. And I would say they have turned out well. Uh, we did talk about PJ for a bit and and how his adjustment has gone. But I think, especially early on that first game with OKC, it was like, holy shit, what do we have here? Like, are we, for, are we about to start lying to ourselves? Are we for real? And there's still a bit of that in places, especially since we just went on a win streak where we possibly have a chance to fight for the uh the four seed, um, fighting for the fifth seed at the moment. Uh currently not. I don't know if we're currently in the did we fall enough to be in the play in now? I mean, the way the playoffs are set up, like we went on that win streak and accomplished almost nothing. Almost nothing. So... Yeah, we're the eighth seed now. <laughs> We're the eighth seed now, so yeah. And a game and a half, no, a half game back of five. Yeah. So there's a gap after. Yeah, there's a gap after us, but yeah, we're right now we're tied with Sacramento for the eight. The West is nuts. That's all you know. Um, but PJ has contributed well. Let's talk about Daniel Gafford for a bit. Uh. Ooh, it feels good to have two bigs out there, man. This, 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 I feel like this is what we've been praying for. Yeah. This is what we've been asking for. First of all, we've been asking for one fucking big. <laughs> and when we got one, we said, all right, it's clear we need two. And, and Nico got it done quick and he went and got the right guy. The cleanup, man. Start calling the janitor 2.0. Yeah. Shout out to Brian Cardin. Daniel Gafford. Seeing a guy out there. Now, Derek Lively, when we got Derek Lively and we saw him beginning of the season, I think we said this on the pod. For defense, he's fantastic. He's a presence in the paint. And he does get some rebounds, but he's not physical on the boards. That's not right. what the game is. Daniel <clears throat> Gafford is physical on the boards, on offense and defense. He's going up to get it. He's not settled. He's jumping to get rebounds, whether he's getting them or not. We don't have to worry about tip outs. Shout out to Dwight Powell. We don't have to worry about the ball just blindly being tipped out to the opposing fucking team. 
He's coming down with offensive boards, putting them back, going up strong. That's where a lot of his points are coming from, along with lobs from Luca. The fact that he's athletic as well helps. It's like we got the perfect backup big, and he could slot in and start easily if Derek Lively's not available. So, so what have your thoughts been on Daniel Gafford so far? Yeah, like you said, um, I think that with Lively back in the rotation, uh, healthy, it's been nice to see. Like we have the the ability to have a big on the floor at all times, uh, which has not been the case historically for a long time uh, since Tyson Chandler and and Brendan Haywood days. Like it's been a long ass time since we've been able to do that, and <clears throat> it's not perfect yet. But again, we just we just feel like an NBA team now. Like before, we felt like like Luca in the gang. And now we feel like a real NBA team. Like we got size, we got athletes and it's, it's been a lot more fun to watch this team for the most part since the trade has occurred. And it's because of the presence of a guy like Gafford, because of the, the, the size of a guy like PJ Washington. He's just, it's weird. We haven't had this. We haven't had this. And it's, it feels goofy almost as an NBA fan. Cause I watch other teams to feel like, Oh, my team doesn't look, different anymore like because other teams have depth other teams have benches Mm. and we just haven't we've been running together with a ragtag group like tonight when Dwight Powell came in the game I was like all right bet I can turn this shit off yeah (laughs) (laughs) like Dwight Powell was playing real basketball minutes that's some bullshit I don't give a damn how you feel about Dwight Powell Dwight Powell Playing real minutes that mean something is not a good thing for your basketball team. I'm sorry, did somebody's head pop off? James Harden just dropped somebody. All right, he missed a shot though. But yeah, so it, it's it's been different. Like it feels different, and like you said, people wanting to have a conversation about lying to themselves and et cetera and so forth. I can't go there. I already feel how I feel about this team. As long as we're in the playoffs, there's no team I fear. Straight up. But, like, if I look at a matchup against the Denver Nuggets now, I feel very different about that than I might have before. Before it was, well, we got Luka and Kyrie. I feel good. Now it's, you know, we have Gafford and Lively. Like, we have fouls to give against Jokic. Like, we have P.J. Washington to contend with the athleticism of Aaron Gordon. You know, we have Josh Green, Derrick Jones Jr., uh, Dante Exum to to chase around Murray for a game. Like I feel a lot better about that matchup head to head long term. Um, you know the 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 Wolves again. Rudy Gobert bullied Lively when they played the first game, and if I you feel about Rudy Gobert, he's a big motherfucker. Like and he gets fouls. He's gonna get Lively in foul trouble in a playoff series. I feel a lot better that we have Gafford there too because. Again, however you feel about Rudy Gobert, you have a game where no no Lively, no Gafford, and it's Maxie and Dwight Powell chasing down rebounds. That might work here and there, but if Rudy Gobert, is a, he's an attrition player. If he's in there in the third, fourth quarter, and he's been body banging into your Dwight Powell all game, that fourth quarter, he's going to get those crucial offensive rebounds that put you away. And Cat, however you feel about him, He's been a lot more physical, putting the ball on the floor and getting to the rim. Feels a lot more confident 
we can't survive against that team with Dwight Powell holding it down in the paint or Maxi. That's just not going to work. And Maxi's not shooting the blood off the ball uh, the way he might have been in the past or the way a guy like Miles Turner might be capable of to, enough to where you could say he's going to bring those guys out of the paint. So having a Lively, having a Gafford, having both of them changes the dynamic against a lot of those teams. What does it mean against the Warriors? I don't know. What does it mean against the Suns? Again, Nurkic has been playing very well lately. You need big bodies to 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 slow down some of that stuff. That's that's what it comes down to for me. So I, I'm excited about the. Let me just calm myself down. I'm excited about the possibilities of this team, but then I also remember that Jason Kidd is the coach, and that kind of brings my excitement down. Oh man, you just had to bring it down. Jesus Christ, uh, you was doing so well. We didn't need that. We didn't need that down. We know Jason K is the fucking coach. You could have just let it ride with the pot. Rick Carlisle was coaching this team, boy. <laughs> hey, look, I agree with you when you said, look, at the time we felt like Rick Carlisle needed to be gone because we needed something new. That doesn't mean we wanted Jason Kidd. We just we wanted another good coach. Shout out to Jamal Mosley again. Yeah, shout out to Jamal Mosley. The boys riding for him. Look what he's doing with the Orlando Ma- Anyway, um, shit for years. I don't want to hear what nobody got to say. <laughs> not being a good coach. If Rick Carlisle was coaching this team, I'd be lying to myself <laughs> for sure. Because I know Rick Carlisle gonna make the right adjustments in the playoffs. If he don't do nothing else, if a month, if Tim ain't boy, he putting Tim ass on the fucking. Bench. Yep. That motherfucker benched Jalen Brunson for a whole series. Now, Jalen Brunson wasn't Jalen Brunson yet, but still, that was the season before he popped off. Yeah. Put, Put KP in the corner. Think it's ass in the whole corner. Played Boba in huge minutes. Started. Whatever the hell it take. Rick Carlisle gonna do what it take, man. I respect Rick. Um. But yeah, uh, I, I remember we we were saying, man, if we can add on Spencer Dinwiddie too, and now look at him, chose the wrong team, motherfucker. Now you over there in L.A. <clears throat> playing like ass, and the Lakers team and the Lakers fans about to be on yours. No down bullshit around over there. Keep playing like ass, and LeBron gonna have your ass unemployed. I say he'll be waved quick, <laughs> fucking quick, ASAP. Hey, you chose where you want to be. Stay on that side, brother. Um, I think Dante Exum coming back is going to be a big key for the team moving forward. Um, <clears throat> I know you're probably not going to do the weatherman bibs thing tonight, so let's uh let's look a bit ahead at at some of the games we have coming up as far as uh how easy or hard our schedule is. Would you be okay with that? About to sneeze. <laughs> oh, shit. I, oh, I couldn't mute it. <laughs> I couldn't. Damn. I'm in the car, by the way, if y'all hear any rumbling of an engine. Reese said he can't hear it, so I'm trusting that. But if you do hear it, that's that's what that is. All right, so we play the Cavs Tuesday. Cavs Tuesday. Uh, wrap this Wednesday. Back-to-back games on the road. Right. Celtics Friday. Celtics Friday. 
Sixers on Sunday at home. Is that an early game? Yes. Yes. Then we have the Pacers again on Tuesday at home. <sighs> then we got Miami Thursday at home. Then we have the Pistons on the road Saturday. The Bulls on the road that Monday. The Warriors at home. Then we have the Thunder on the road. The Nuggets at home. Spurs on the road. How far are you going? I I might as well. I I was reading. I was like, well, I might as well just go through. It's only five games left. Um. We got the Jazz at home, then the Jazz on the road, the Kings on the road twice, and then the Rockets, and that's the rest of the schedule. No, wait, that's just March. I'm not going to April. I'm not doing it. That's yes. just that's just March. It's a lot of playoff teams. It's a lot of playoff teams or potential playoff teams. Just and, and not even like this guys in there who wouldn't be threats in the playoffs, but you're not going to look past them. Right. I'm not looking past Utah. Nope. I'm not looking past Houston. Nope. I'm not looking past Toronto. Nope. They are always a problem for us, no matter who's on their roster. Yeah. So outside of that, the rest of them, I'm not looking past Chicago. I'm not looking past Golden State. Yeah, no more. And, and these other teams, you got the Celtics, the Sixers, the Pacers, Miami. But what's Joel, Joel Embiid's situation? I haven't followed up on that. You said what? Joel Embiid, what's his situation? I have not heard anything. He won't be back for that game, though. I know he's going to be out for a long time. I'm yeah. Sure how long. In my opinion, he should be out for the season, but the Sixers are probably going to try to force him back in the playoffs or something, <clears throat> which is a bad idea in my opinion. But tough. who am I? That's tough. But, yeah, a lot of tough games in that stretch. Um, <clears throat> I hope people didn't get too far ahead of themselves as far as what this team is and what they can be. Uh, I still feel like that's – if we can go 500 against those playoff-type teams, I'll be happy with that and beat the the bottom feeders that are in there, like the Spurs and whatnot. Um, I don't know. As far as this week, I think we play, what, it's the, the Cavs, Raptors, Celtics, and 76ers. Yep. Like, I think a two-and-two two week is not a bad, bad idea or a bad deal. Two-and-two two week is not a bad idea, especially when – I mean t- – to be honest, right now the way the West is set up in the standard setup, we can't even afford to go two and two. But in a in a regular setting, two and two is not bad. But right now, it, it could hurt. Honestly, yeah. it could hurt. Um, I have another question. Okay, we talked about. We didn't talk about the win streak, but we referenced the win streak. We we talked about the additions that the team made during the trade deadline. We talk about the games we have coming up and going against playoff teams. What is something that you believe the team still lacks that we're missing, even after the deals that we've made? A good coach. Okay. As far as the players go. 
what is something that the team lacks that you feel like we need? Still think we need a true, or not necessarily need, but it would be great if we had like a true big wing defender. Like I know PJ Washington has been doing that, but he's more power forward than small forward. And I'm thinking small forward mm-hmm. wing defender. That was my initial thought, and I like that. But I I, I went with a true six man because I don't think I don't trust him. Uh, a consistent. Six man, a guy that can come off the bench, and maybe Dante Exum could be that. Who knows? Um, but a guy that could just come off the bench and and give us some buckets, uh, when need be, some consistent offense off of the bench. But as far as like where they rank in terms of need, I believe what you listed is definitely more important, and it's going to be more important when the playoffs come because. I don't think firepower is going to be an issue in the playoffs because we have Kyrie and Luka. But defense is always going to be a need, especially in the playoffs when the game slows down and it's more half court. So, uh, yeah, I I wish we could have gotten that big wing, but things aren't built overnight. You know, we we still got next season. Um, Who knows? Next season, that could be Omax. Yeah. Anything's possible. Um, And Josh is playing better now, but Josh is more like a shooting guard playing small forward. He's a shooting guard, small forward. PJ's a powerful small forward. We don't have a small forward first. Yeah. We don't have a true small forward. Right. Um, Even Daniels Jr. is, I mean, he's lanky. Like, I need somebody with some muscle. Yeah. So, as the team is currently constructed, fully healthy including Exum coming back. What do you think the ceiling for this team is? My my stance has not changed. Um, I still put us as like a 6C type of team. Okay. Um, I still think there isn't a team I fear as far as like we match yeah. up against a team and it's about to be blood, a bloodbath. I don't – I just can't see that. As long as Luca and Kyrie are healthy, um, I know what those boys do in the playoffs. Uh, Jason Kidd can't hurt them. <laughs> it comes down to what happens with the rest of the the roster and how he uses them. But as far as those two, I have absolutely no concerns. And again, I can't fear any other team. So this comes down to who we match up against in the first round, in the second round, whatever, and. and if the team ended up in the finals, I would not be surprised. I, I agree with that take. I would never cons- call us contenders, but I'm not afraid of anybody in the West, and I feel like we could beat anybody in the West. Um, if we were a second-round exit, I'd be like, okay, cool. You know, right. If we made the Western Conference Finals, I'm like, okay. If we made the finals, I'd be shocked, but I'm like, eh, depending on the matchup, I, I'd probably be like, I, I understand. Luke and Kyrie probably went crazy if we made the finals. Yeah. Yeah, first round exit is unacceptable to me. I'm sorry, I can't take. No it. No matter who we match up against. Actually, yeah, it, it it matters who we match up against because the way the standings are, we we could fall to. We can against Denver in the first round. I think the only unacceptable for me is 
being in the play in and not making the playoffs. That is out that yes. That is unacceptable. Or first play in and yeah. First round yeah. less than games anybody would be a disappointment. Yeah, being eliminated in the play in and missing the playoffs is unacceptable. Hopefully we can miss the play in altogether, but the way those standards are set up, being tied with tied like a three four way tie, and then being a half game behind sixth place, and you're in eighth place, and you could eat one loss, you can easily fall back down. It's tough. So, um, unacceptable. Disappointing losing in the first round in less than six games against anybody. Losing in less than seven games against anybody besides the Nuggets. And is there another team? No. No. Mm-mm. We'd have to. There's no other team I would be able to sleep saying that we should we should have beat that team if we lose seven or more. I, I wouldn't care seven or more, seven or not. I think we're a better team, more experienced. Not even I can't even say more experienced. We're a more deadly team than the Wolves. Their two best players. Ooh, that's debatable. They're two all stars. Uh have not done enough for me to say that if we lose to them, that it's acceptable. And I don't like their offense. They still got some stuff to work out. They started OKC, out I don't trust. Who? OKC. Nope, too young. I can't accept that. No. Can't, can't accept that. Clippers got James Harden, so anything can happen. <laughs> <laughs> no, Clippers look dangerous, though, man. I'm not going to lie. Clippers look dangerous. I'm not afraid of Sacramento. Nope, can't. that would be super unacceptable. Sacramento and OKC would piss me off if we lost them. Um, Not afraid of the Lakers. Definitely not afraid of the geriatric Lakers. Not afraid of the Phoenix Suns. No, can't. Definitely not afraid of the Suns. Who else? Pelicans. In uh, any occasion, if we lose to like, if we was to lose to like the Pelicans in the play-in, that that's that would be devastating. We have to eat that L. Let me put this out here: if we lose in the playoffs to the Timberwolves. The Thunder, the Suns, the Pelicans, the Kings, Lakers, the Warriors. That's the L you got to eat. I don't want to hear no excuses. Yeah, no excuses. No excuses. We lose to the Clippers or Nuggets. Somewhat more acceptable. But anybody else, you got to eat that L. I don't want to hear no excuses. We, we lost. The, we Those were winnable series that we lost. Any of them is winnable, but Nuggets, Clippers, I, I can concede that they might have more going for them. It's going to be a rough road ahead. I mean, it's only two months left in the season. It's a lot of games left to be played. A lot can still happen with the standings. Hopefully the team can continue to stay healthy throughout the rest of the season, but the Mavs standings ain't the only standings that we got going on right now before we close this thing out. Got to talk yeah. about Fantasy League. Okay. Because I'm pissed off. I'm I, am, I am. I am pissed the fuck off. 
I just lost one. I just lost. 1,599 to 1,475. That is my third loss in a row. I am going to drop to the sixth seed. I was the two seed at one point. I was the two seed. I lost to you. I lost to Shieko. And I just lost to Gary and Mavs fan. Didn't you lose to me by like a point? A point. I lost to Shieko by 17 points. I mean, Shieko the best team in the league. Ain't he? No. He's second seed. Okay. He tied with what first seed. They're tied. He, they tied. They're tied, yeah. And I lost to Bay Area, Bay Area Mavs fan because I maxed out on Friday. Mm, damn. How you do that? Oh, because it was a double week with the All-Star yeah. game. Yeah. Now, they raised it, but I didn't realize, like, I was yeah. close to it. Damn. I maxed out on Friday and lost. So now I have one week left. I am going to be the sixth seed at nine and eight. Rolo is the seventh seed. He's going to be eight and nine. He's losing this week too? Yes. Okay. My last week is Brian Guzman. Hold up. What about Isaac? I think I'm beating Isaac this week. You're beating Isaac, yeah. So Isaac is going to drop yeah. the 7 and 10. He should be out then. I don't know if there's a situation where if I lose and Rolo wins that I'm out and he... I don't think so because I think I beat him. Did you beat him? Check. We check. Yes, I beat him. Both no, times? We split. We split. Yeah. We split. What's the point, Richard? Huh? What's the point gap? Let's see. If it's too big, don't worry about doing the math. You're talking about the PF, right? Like, I mean, no. I mean, like, head-to-head points against. Oh, no, no, no. no. I'm, I, I'm not. Hold up. Hold on. I might be able to. I think the I think the tiebreaker might be total points, actually. So what is the points for? I'm sorry. I whooped his ass that first week. I beat him 1,449 to 860. Okay. And he beat me 1,230. I mean, 1,237 to 1,102. Gotcha. But my last week is against Brian Guzman, who is 4-12 and and is already eliminated. I know you're going to listen to this. Head to head, and then... Oh, I don't know what the second tiebreaker is. Brian Guzman, I know you listen to this. Please, brother. Please. Don't try hard. What? Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> I'm saying don't be one of them, oh, I'm going to spoil this. Don't, don't, don't be one of them people. Looking at his team's points this week, it looks like that's what he's doing. Him and KT been balling out, and I appreciate that, first of all, because that's that's what you're supposed to do. Like, how did I fall from top three, busting ass, going on win streaks, to the bottom of the playoffs? The same way I did the opposite. Started from the bottom now. You know what? No, 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 no. Fuck that. I I don't know who I'm going to be. If the playoffs started today, I'd be the six seed going up against the three seed, who would be most likely Roby's ring team. Roby or me or Roby? You or Roby. Or Mavs, or actually, or Bay Area. 
or Bay Area. Who knows yeah. how we all tied. Well, we're not about to be because I just fucking lost. Is everybody be tied. rest of us win? <clears throat> yeah, we all took gonna be ten and seven. I I'm on a six game win streak, by the way. Hey, look, you, you rise up from the bottom. I was second from last. I was down there with KT. <laughs> At least we both in the playoffs. Right now, don't, don't fall out the playoffs, man. Damn. I can't fall out the playoffs, man. That pissed me off because I thought we was going to have a double shot. If I it. fall out the playoffs with Luka, LeBron, and Kevin Durant on my that's fucking team. That's embarrassing. It's crazy because I had John Morant. I was like, oh, I got I got the shooter with me. He, he putting up and he gone. 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 Can't believe this shit. Can't believe this shit, man. I'm down to hey, the, the standings are tight. That's that's what I like to see. Personally. That's what I like to see personally. Too tight for me. Hold up. <laughs> It'd be like that, you know. <laughs> Y'all know what I mean. Y'all know what I mean. Um, nothing really too in depth to go with the standards. I mean, it, it's about to be the last week, and then we're going into the playoffs. Praying I make it in, we'll both be in, which means there's a double chance for us to keep our fucking money. Um, yeah, I mean, best of luck to everybody else. Not really, but I gotta say that. Um, anything you want to say before we get about it? Oh man. Housekeeping. Yep. Housekeeping. Um Patreon. Follow the Patreon. Subscribe to the Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Mavs Outsiders. Uh we all gonna record an NBA show this week for, for the patrons. Uh we've been slowly getting back into the groove and NBA show was a part of that as well, because y'all pay for that. So y'all will be getting that. Um, what else we do? Just, just a reminder every week we have a new podcast feed. We do not have the old podcast feed. So if you know people who listen to the podcast, let them know, Hey, this is a new podcast feed podcast feed. Go subscribe to that same name and everything. But when you search it, on Apple Podcasts. It's just is it just Apple Podcasts? Yeah, Apple's the one that we had to reset. The rest of them should be good. Yeah, it's just a new feed on Apple Podcasts. Now when you search it, you'll see two. But obviously one is has more recent episodes than the other one. That's the one you subscribe to. Make sure if you would be so kind to give us a rating and a review. We had what, 70 something on the last one? 77 actually. Yeah, 70. 77 on the last feed uh we would like to get to that amount and then some on this one and we can only do that with y'all help so it'll be greatly appreciated um follow the twitter account at mavs outsiders pod uh i'm not even gonna tell y'all follow the instagram right now because it, it will be pointless um yeah that's it uh that's all the housekeeping for now uh, can't promise that we'll be back next week, but we'll try. Gonna keep doing this as much as we can. You know, be patient with us. And the ones who have been patient with us, we appreciate you. But signing off for recent bibs. We are the Mavs Outsiders. Hopefully we'll holler at y'all next week. Peace. Peace.